Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Sunday Gear Up. It is a beautiful day out here in LA. It's sunny, it's nice out, and I am very, very thankful to be here this morning and to produce this show. The thing I want to talk about today, and the thing that you've probably heard over and over and over again, especially if you're in personal development, is creating your own luck. How do you create your own luck? There's articles on it. There's uh, motivational memes about it, but what does it really mean to create your own luck? Are some of your friends or family or people that you know really more lucky than others? So that's what we're going to cover today on this show. We're going to unpack this in in four principles that are going to be really easy to follow, really easy to understand, and it's just going to make a whole lot of sense. You see, the thing with creating your own luck and just luck in general, is that luck actually by definition is more or less about probability, right? Like people think in poker that people get lucky, right? That a certain uh, hand beats another hand. But all that really is is just math and probability happening at once. So we're happening at a certain time, at a certain place, or at a certain location. Now, we can look at an example of like let's say a friend that you know uh, all of a sudden wins you know, grand prize tickets to, to see your favorite band or see your favorite artist like Adele. And you're like, wow, how did they get that? They just won these great tickets, great seats. Oh, man, they're so lucky. But are they really that lucky? You know, did they really just wake up, decide to call a radio station and win a pair of tickets, right? And even at that, that would be a probability in and of itself. But... Let's break that down because and there's a lot of things that are going on beneath the surface that actually create luck that we might not see or might not be so obvious. So in this very simple example, let's think about what happens. You know, friends that win tickets to radio shows, chances are they're calling these radio sh- shows all the time whenever they have a contest. So they're literally making like millions of phone calls each week to win these tickets. Second of all, with a lot of radio shows, they even throw another obstacle ahead of that, right? Like you have to answer some trivia questions. So even if you get a chance to be on the show just to win those tickets, you might have to answer some trivia questions. Well, if you're at the right place at the right time and calling the right radio station, chances are you probably have their number on speed dial and you probably know loosely what sort of trivia they're going to ask about artists that they play all the time, right? And so if you or let's say your friend calls over and over and over and over and over again and gets on the radio station uh, by fact of just dialing that number so many times and then answering the right trivia questions, boom, she wins some tickets. So you can look at it as math, but you can also look at it as that person just did the work that was required to win those tickets, right? They call, they listen, first of all, they listen to the radio show, then they call all the time probably have it on speed dial. And then they already know the trivia to the artist that they're listening to because they listen to the morning shows or they catch up on the news, right? So it's not really luck. It's just more of applying the work that creates that kind of luck. But the thing that we don't see a lot is we always see people's successes, right? Like we see somebody uh, that just broke the scene and created a you know New York Times bestseller. But what we don't see is you know, all the books that failed before that. Uh, We look at an artist and say, oh man, they just got, they got their lucky break. But what we don't see is the 10 years or 15 years, or maybe even sometimes 20 years of work that went into just create that one single. You know, we don't see the 
actors that are making millions that, you know, get awards, we don't see all their failures, you know, as often as we see that their successes. So on the other side of success or creating your own luck is a lot of failure. But that's the thing that people don't really want to look at. They don't want to see that. They don't want to acknowledge that. And so what ends up happening is they keep themselves living pretty small because it's easier to blame outside circumstances or other events or just saying that you're not lucky than it is to actually face defeat and rejection and failure over and over and over again. It's just like our minds don't like failure. We don't like experiencing rejection. We certainly don't like feeling like failures. Like I don't like feeling like a failure. Like it's just an inherent thing uh, that we that we all deal with. But successful people know that failure is just it's just learning, right? It's just you try something, you got some data, and then it's taking that data and reconfiguring it, reapplying it, and then testing more results. So in a successful mindset, it's not really about uh, a failing or experiencing failure, although sometimes some of our greatest setbacks end up being our greatest propellants, right? They're our greatest fuels to some of our larger successes. But by and large, um, failures actually uh, can be a, a good thing depending on you know, how you look at it. There's four principles to creating your own luck. And I want to really, really, really drive this home because one of the first things that people need to do is they need to take personal responsibility for, uh, for their own success or actions. And the reason why I'm saying this is because there is a lot of victim mentality that's out there that's going on in the world. It's, it's blaming outside circumstances is blaming other people it's blaming you know that you're uh just too tired to succeed it's blaming that you you don't have a creative outlet it's blaming that you don't have the right skill sets it's 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 always this external circumstance that keeps you from what you really want to do and the problem with that is when you keep blaming things that are outside of your perceived control then it's always going to be something else that is creating the barrier for what you really want in life. So here's some examples of what victim mentality looks like. And remember, victim mentality is blaming something that's outside of your perceived control that keeps you from what you really want. Its narrative is typically structured like this. Well, I can't have this or do that because of X, Y, and Z. So, for example, it's like saying you can't make more money because your job doesn't pay you enough, right? In this case, it's the job's fault, not your fault. But what are really some options, right? You can ask for a raise or just get a new job. This is also like saying I can't get a girlfriend or boyfriend because I suck at relationships. Well, if you suck at relationships, you need to look at what's really the problem. And chances are, like with most relationships, it's just communication. So, you want to get better at relationships just learn how to communicate better there's also like saying that it's hard to lose weight because there's not enough time in the day you know for you to cook healthy meals well is that really the case because you certainly make time for other things like uh, breathing and sleeping so you can kind of start to see how this narrative plays out and i encourage you just so you can see it for yourself to think about how you use some of these statements against you, you know, and it just depending on our mood and the day and just life circumstances, like we might fall into this trap 
uh, often. But the problem is, is that it keeps this negative narrative. It's like the fuel for the negative narrative. Like if you're also blaming other things that you can't control, then it reinforces the cycle in your mind that you're helpless in your situation, which isn't true, but it certainly seems true when that narrative is the only thing that keeps playing and playing and playing and playing in your mind. The very first principle to this is taking personal responsibility for your life. Now, that might sound scary or it might be like, oh man, I have to take responsibility, but it's, it's really pretty simple. Taking responsibility just simply means owning up to the fact that your life, that you're in control of your life and that your life where you are today is really just a result of previous choices made. Now, this is not a, an issue of good versus bad. It's not that at all. It's really just, it's math. So if you think about it, action, every action has a consequence, right? So sometimes, you know, we'll take actions that don't yield the consequences we want. And then there's also other times where we do take actions that produce the exact consequences that we do want. And that's an example of how actions and consequences frequently play out in our lives, because sometimes we'll take an action doesn't uh, produce or, you know, fruit the results that we want. And then sometimes it does, but you're never going to know unless you try and take that action first. So that's a really important part is taking responsibility and owning up to the fact that you're in control of your life, you're in control of your actions, and that consequences aren't necessarily good or bad things, but they're uh, like data. It's things that you can play with. It's it's feedback that you can use to refine your process on how you go about doing things. So that's principle number one. Take personal responsibility for your life. Now, principle number two is asking the right questions. You see, your brain is like an awesome supercomputer, right? It's, in fact, it's the fastest, most efficient, and, and it's more powerful than any supercomputer on the planet. So that's pretty cool. But we got to use our brains, uh, I want to say appropriately, because if you ask yourself a question, you're going to get an answer. Just like if you put in information into a computer, it's going to spit out an answer or give you more information. A really simple experiment is let's say you were to ask yourself why am I so stupid right and I'm sure we've all you know I've done that I've asked myself that question I know you have asked yourself that question and the funny part is is like what comes up right after that question right it's a whole laundry list of reasons that support that question and we do this all the time we ask ourselves the wrong questions all the time you know why is it like this or you know how come this always happens to me and why do I always find myself in the same situation over and over and over again? And see, the problem is, is we're, we're asking the wrong question and therefore we're getting uh, the answers that don't really help us. And in fact, they kind of reinforce everything that's going on in your life. And that's, and that's the problem. It's not asking the right questions. And if you look at some of the questions that you're asking yourselves, you'll find that in most cases, they don't help you. Because all they're doing is looking for evidence to support that question. However, what if you were to ask yourself a much better question? What I like to call powerful questions. A powerful question is when you ask a question that's related to how you can improve something. Right? So a good, so a, a not good example 
So an example of where this doesn't work is, how does this keep happening to me? That's a victim mentality question. How does this keep happening to me? Or why does this keep happening to me? That is the framework for a victim type question. However, what if you were to ask yourself or say to yourself, I see this certain thing is happening, but how can I develop the tools to get out of this messy situation? Or what can I do right now to fix this? Or what can I do to learn from the situation or event? So do you see the difference? One question actually keeps you in a a victim mentality state. And then the other question actually empowers you so that you can do more and illuminates a path. Because again, your brain, if you ask the right question, it will actually illuminate you. You'll find the answers. You're a smart person. Like you're a smart, capable individual. And you have all the answers within, but you have to ask yourself the right questions in order to uncover those answers that are within you. The next step in creating your own luck is to place yourself at the right place and at the right time. Now, this is a broad principle, but it works in many situations. So let's say you want a specific type of relationship because you took the advice about asking the right questions from earlier. So you know what this person looks like, right? You know what type of activities they like to do. You know their behaviors and characteristics, and you know what type of foods they like, the places they like to go, and I think you get the point, right? If you ask yourself the right questions, you can frame the ideal person that you want to be with. Now, let's say this person likes to get up, you know, early in the mornings. They like to do morning runs or yoga, or they're just kind of a morning person in general, and they really like that. It's something that's really important to them. And if that's something that's really important to you and you want that, you know, do you think you're going to find this person, you know, at 2 a.m. in the bar or hanging out at until like 7 a.m. in the morning? Probably not. You see, a lot of people are looking for the right person in the wrong place. And then they wonder why they're so unhappy or why they can't find the right person that they're looking for. So you have to switch around your questions, right? You have to switch around your narrative. If this was, uh, if you have an ideal person that you're looking for, then where are they going to be? What types of things are they going to do? You know, in this example, this type of person is likely taking, you know, a Saturday morning yoga class or part of an early morning hiking group where they're out catching waves, you know, in the early morning surf or they're grabbing a coffee and reading a book in a coffee shop or they might be hitting up a local farmer's market. See, if you want to have the things that you want in life, you have to place yourself in the right place and at the right time. But you can't just like do this once. You know, you can't just do this even a few times. You have to do this over and over and over again. Place yourself in the right place at the right time so you can attract the things that you want in your life. So if you want the things that you want in life, you have to place yourself in areas of opportunity over and over and over again. You have to be in the right place at the right time over and over and over again. It's not enough just to do it once. It's not enough to do it a lot of times, but over and over and over again so that you can help facilitate that luck. You know, like you'll hear a lot of successful people be like, oh, like you'll hear Mark Cuban say this a lot. Oh, I was really successful because I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, but what about all that work that took him to get there? You know, what about all that work that he did every single day, day in and day out to be able to sell the company that 
help launch his career, right? So think about that. Think about that. It's like your friend with the concert tickets. The reason why they won is because they put in action over and over and over again. They heard no a lot. They experienced rejection, but they still kept doing it. And that's how you, that's a big part of how you create your own luck. But it's, there's one more thing that we need to talk about in order to do this. And this leads me to the last principle. Now, this last principle can only really be fully applied once you've begun to understand the first three principles. And this last one is living in accordance to you. When you live in accordance to you, and when you're when you live fully in accordance to you, then you're not putting yourself in situations that piss you off, frustrate you, discourage you, or harm you. And that's worth repeating again. When you live fully in accordance to you, you're not putting yourself in situations that piss you off, frustrate you, discourage you, or harm you. Living in accordance to you means taking full responsibility for yourself. It means asking yourself the right questions. It means doing things you love and not trying to get anything out of it. That is not to say that if you're a musician and you want to be a musician and it's your desire, it's your purpose here on this planet to be a musician, that you're not going to experience frustration or have things that piss you off. You are, but if you're going to go down that route and it's something that you're fully in line with, then that's just part of the path, right? It's, that's part of the hard work. It's why I've called my company grit to great. It's why I've called this process grit to great. But if you're say, uh, let's say you've recently become sober and all your friends are drinking, but you really don't like being in drinking situations because, you know, you could slip, it could harm you. Uh, you can open up doors that you want to have remain closed, then why would you put yourself in that situation? Because it's not in accordance to who you are, so why would you keep doing it? So that's what living in accordance to who you are. Yes, you're going to be mad. Yes, you're going to be frustrated. But if you're going to be mad and frustrated, then have it be on purpose. Have it be something that's growing you on your path, not something that could potentially harm you, like in the latter example. But in order to live in accordance to, to, to who you are, it needs to have definition. It needs to be personal. So you need to personalize that meaning for you. What does that mean for you? Define it. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people have really put a lot of thought into defining who they are, making a stance for who they are, and really committing themselves to an overall greater purpose. I think a lot of us, and I know I did this for a long time, just kind of milling around, but I, I just sort of meandered through life until I made a stand and a commitment that helping others and personal development were something that I was really passionate about and started defining my life around that. Now, it hasn't been easy, hasn't been a cakewalk. I've certainly been mad and frustrated on this path, but I've been mad and frustrated on purpose. I've been mad and frustrated with some of the decisions I've made. Uh, and the consequences that they produce. I've made the same mistakes over and over again, but it's all in accordance to growth. It's all in accordance to this path that I've defined for myself. So what is the path that defines you? And once you have that path that defines you, you have a much clearer vision of who you are, the type of places that you want to be, the people you want to connect with, and the things that you want to do in your day-to-day life that produce happiness and fulfillment. 
And that's really about it. It really kind of just comes down to those four principles where it, it's about taking personal responsibility. That's the first one. So you got to take personal responsibility for your life. You got to ask yourself the right questions to prop your mind. You know, the other thing I didn't mention earlier was that by asking yourself the right questions, you start to reprogram your mind to find the right answers because a thought is a habit. So some of the reasons why we have self-limiting beliefs is because we've had a habitual thought or a, a lot of habitual thoughts just go over and over and over and over and over and over again. It replays like a tape. You know, it starts and runs and then it rewinds like a tape. It just keeps playing over and over again. So you got to ask yourself the right questions if you want to reprogram your brain to find the right answers. You also want to continually place yourself in the right places and the right times, but not just any right place in the right time, because those right places and right times have to be in accordance with who you are. So the last part of that is define who you are. Define that. So that's it for this week's episode. As always, feel free to send in questions or comments to Justin at grittogreat.life. That's Justin at grittogreat.life. And there's even a cool feature on grittogreat.life on the website where you can actually chat with me. So there's a little message box and I try and check in periodically for messages and and respond to uh, comments or questions. Also, feel free to connect on Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat at grit2great. All right, so that's it for this week's episode. Feel free to send me questions or comments to justin at grit2great.life. That's justin at grit2great.life. And there's even a cool feature on the website where you can drop me a message on there. It goes right to my phone. Also, feel free to connect on Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat at grit2great. Have yourself an awesome week. I'll talk to you soon.